Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I hope that you have all been enjoying the daytime Emmy coverage wrap-up on SoapCentral.com. There are videos, there are photos, there are interviews. It's a whole lot of stuff, and if you haven't checked it out, you'll want to go and do so right now. You can do that while you're listening to the show. It's great to be able to multitask. Head on over to SoapCentral.com slash Emmys, or go to SoapCentral.com, look for the Emmys 11 tab in the blue menu navigation bar. It's on every page of the website, and you'll be able to go there instantly. There are also stories and links throughout the site, but those are going to be the easy ways to find it. You may remember that last year, the week after the daytime Emmys, I went on a little hideaway to sort of recover and regroup. This year, we didn't get a chance to do that because there was so much going on, and I wanted to bring you all of the latest and greatest interviews and stories and news. So, this week, the show is pre-recorded. Don't worry, it's still a brand new show. There'll be brand new guests and brand new interviews coming up, but this show isn't live, so unfortunately you won't be able to call in and be a part of it. But I hope that you enjoy it still the same. Today, we're going to be talking about makeup. No, not the makeup as in the cosmetics. We're talking about makeup in terms of making up things that we haven't had a chance to address here on the show because of the interviews, because of the big sweep stories, because of the Emmys. You may know that there's a lot of soap news that we don't always get a chance to discuss here on Soap Central Live. We try to squeeze everything in. So to rectify that, what we're going to do today is to talk about some of those news stories that haven't been addressed here on Soap Central Live. Of course, though, we address all of the latest soap news on SoapCentral.com, so always head on over there, make it your first stop on the Internet, and you can get the latest news, you can get the recaps, you can get a sneak peek in the scoop section to find out what's going to happen on your favorite soaps. But we also like to go in-depth here on the show and... To do the interviews and to do the fun things that you can't necessarily do in text format. So today, I'll be joined by Tony from our Days of Our Lives Two Scoops column. We're going to be talking about all of the crazy firings that have been going on on Days of Our Lives, the changes to the writing, the changes to the executive producer. And then later in the show, Linda Hirsch will finally be here. There will be no dial tone that you've heard the last one or two times that she's tried to appear on Soap Central Live. And she and I are just going to be sort of free-range talking. 
I'm not entirely sure that's the term for it, but we're going to just be talking about anything and everything soaps. As it comes to our head, we're going to sort of dish it out, talk about it, and it will be on today's show for your enjoyment. So, without further ado, let's get right on to talking about the days of our lives action. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Now, Larissa is busy looking for Salem, USA to try to figure out where in the United States it is, but she's left behind Tony, who is going to join me today and talk days. So, Tony, where is uh, Larissa looking first to try to find Salem? You know, Dan, right now I think she's somewhere over um, the Carolinas. I think she's kind of like, she, she's in a blimp, so it's not really it's all we can kind of afford, afford on our budget. So she's, you know, has a wide-angle telescope, and she's looking for, it's the summer, so shirtless soap, soap studs, you know, Brady Black without a shirt on. So, you know, she's in the Carolinas now, and she's moving west. So hopefully, you know, by the end of the summer, we'll be able to t- pinpoint, like, the location. Well, either that, I'm wondering if she also will keep an eye open for Springfield to see if she sees any of the Simpsons. We don't really quite know where that is either. Well, if you see, some of the Emmy outfits that um, some of the Days cast were wearing, they kind of looked a little cartoonish, so they might be neighboring cities. We're, we're, we're not ruling that out at this point. <laughs> that would actually be kind of amazing. But one of the things that I found amazing is in the course of maybe about a month, Days of Our Lives not only ditched its writer, ditched its executive producer, ditched about a half a dozen people in the cast, uh, and now they're promising, uh, when I say they, it's Ken Corday, whose family, of course, created Days of Our Lives. He's saying that we're going to return to classic days. Now, before we get into all of the other discussion, I have to ask you, Tony, when you hear classic days, what sort of images and stories are conjured up for you? Gosh, you know, like, the first thing that was in my mind was, like, the cruise of deception around 89. I think it was summer 90. I'm probably going to get uh, mail saying I was wrong with that. <laughs> but it was, I remember just being, like, it was right where I was, like, in middle school. And I remember that this summer. Like, they were plugging it on prime time, And every day they had a new promo with countdown of the number of days they were on the, on the cruise slash the island. And it was just so good. It was just really good core characters. Just uh, so much adventure. It was just, it was great. It was just kind of, like, just like a summer blockbuster, like everything that sucks you into a soap. Well, I, I mean, will I let you know, before. B- before you get the hate mail, we'll let everyone know. This was something that was going on this week back in 1990. It The Cruiser Deception ran from June 7th to July 16th, 1990. So you're talking 21 years ago, right now. Are we that old? I met, it's, when I said middle school, I meant early elementary school. I you know. <laughs> I don't know how that works. It's, just, it's kind of crazy. I'm like Luchi. I don't really age, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So that's... But yeah, that's the one. Like okay. that's, but that was, you know, very, very classic days. Well, let me ask you, when, when you're saying that it was classic days, there may be some people now who are thinking of tuning into Days of Our Lives because it's going to be one of the few soaps that are left. What do you mean by classic days? What are some of the stories? What are some of the themes that really define this classic period, this golden age of Days of Our Lives? You know, as opposed to now, where I think, you know, there's some storylines that have been, hey, you know, thumbs up, this is working. But I think a lot of the themes the last couple of years have just been so dark and, like, twisty. And I'm I'm a big fan of the gray areas. And, you know, you have to have good and evil. But 
it's pretty much just like everybody's in this gray category right now. And then you have like, you know, Maggie who sticks out like a sore thumb because she's so good. And then you have your Stephanos who are so bad. But it's like, that's kind of the two, like those two are kind of like the goalposts, but everybody else is kind of huddled in the middle of the field. So I think, you know, once, like, I mean, you know, right now with Kate's an ex-hooker, prostitute, madam type person, you know, Nicole with an ex-porn star, Chloe's being forced into, you know, prostitution. So it's, you know, and that's, that's just three of the girls, I mean, you know. So it's, then you get the guys and it's like they're being each other up all the time. It's, it's You need that on a soap, but at the same time, it's kind of overkill right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, you know, Matt, like Victor and Maggie right now, and even, you know, this isn't popular to say, especially with Jack coming back, but even Jennifer and Daniel, for those who like them, it's, it's something new. It's it's romance, and it's like the, the characters and the actors are both sparking it. And it's kind of like, okay, that romance plus the little comedy plus right. the adventure. Yeah, I think that's a good equation. Well, it's it's funny to me that you mentioned romance being new and I have to tell you and I'm sure from listening to Soap Central Live and from reading the message boards on SoapCentral.com you know that that's the one word that everyone seems to say they want more of from their soaps is romance. They miss the romance. They enjoy all of the other shenanigans that soaps are known for but they miss the love in the afternoon. That was the popular tagline from ABC Daytime for forever it seems back in the, I guess the 80s and the 90s and we don't have that anymore, and it just seems sort of a, a, a contradiction of terms to have a soap opera, which is supposedly all about romance and passion and love, and the people who are watching the soaps don't feel that there is any. You know, I kind of equated, and I know that this was a couple of months ago in a column, I just equated days right now to Melrose Place in the 90s. Oh, wow. And this coming from, like, the biggest Melrose fan, like, you know, Marcia <laughs> Cross, I still, like, I still bow my head towards her as Kimberly Shaw on that show. But, like, the thing was, like, I mean, it was musical beds. Like, I mean, it, not even season to season somebody had a, part, a different partner. It was, like, you know, every every other episode somebody was, like, the love of somebody else's life. Then two weeks later they're married. Another week later they're divorced. And it's, you know, that works for prime time, especially because the pace is so quick. But daytime it's, like, you want the slow burns. You want the, oh, crap, just, you know, just tell her how you feel about her. And then, you know, she walks away. Or you, you need that slow burn. I mean, not slow where you fall asleep because, you know who want that but it's just all about pacing yeah and that's i think that that's the problem lately it's just like you have couples who you know uh james scott and Ari zucker have amazing chemistry like they're just i mean two great actors but like you know when nicole went back with ej it's just like i think you could hear like everybody's hand slapping their forehead just being like seriously but <laughs> it's like she just stole his baby you know Mm-hmm. They've been just like this back and forth revenge match, and it would have worked if it would have been like, hey, let's scheme together and take on the town, let's be body and Clyde of Salem. But it was, you know, like, okay, we can make this work, you know. And he's like, this is a business deal, and she's like, okay, it, it, yes, it is. And then she falls for him, and it's like, you get it, but you know, that was less than a year ago, the whole baby swap thing. <laughs> yeah, so it's really. a little bit hard to hard to swallow sometimes. Well, let me talk about another couple uh, on the red carpet, Martha Byrne, who of course was doing the SoapCentral.com red carpet coverage at the daytime Emmys with me. She ran into Christian Alfonso and Peter Reckel. For folks who don't know this, we're gasping, but they play Bow and Hope on Days of Our Lives. And one of the questions that Martha asked them was, how do you keep the magic alive in this sort of super couple after being known as a couple for so long? And after a couple of laughs, they both said something along the lines of, 
you know, if we knew, <laughs> we, we would certainly <laughs> make sure that we do it. Uh, the, the video for that, for folks who want to check out this video that I'm talking about while I'm thinking of it, you can go to subcentral.com slash Emmys and click on the video tab, and you'll see a whole bunch of different videos there. Just click on the picture of Peter Reckle and Christian Alfonso. But it does sort of make an interesting question. There are some super couples that are super couples from day one until the end of time. And then there are other super couples that maybe get played out because writers either don't really know what to do with them or to respect them, or they just sort of make it in your face all the time. What do you think has been the key to having people who don't even watch Days of Our Lives know Bo and Hope? Gosh, you know, Peter and Christian gave a good answer, but who really knows? But for me as a fan, like, I, like... I grew up watching them. I mean, back in the early 80s, I mean, I was very young, and I'm not just saying that this time, but I actually was young. But, like, to me, like, you know, like, those characters kind of became, you know, my mom would be ironing, and I'd be sitting on the floor with the coloring book and watching it. And it just, to me, like, those characters became kind of relatable. And I was, I'm the youngest of five, so, like, I have siblings who are seven and a half years older and up from me, so I came along a little bit later. Or as oops, as my brother, one brother tells me. Wow. And so, yeah, a little bit of an oops, but that's okay. But uh, he, you know, it's funny because, like, they were teenagers, so, like, you know, and Bo and Hope were teenagers, so I'm like, oh, these people are cool, like my brother and sister, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, I grew up watching them and just, you know, they're friends, they're old, you know, they're TV friends, they're family, you just, you know, you want to root for them because you know what they've been through. Oh, absolutely, and for, I know everybody's out there with their abacus, not only now trying to figure out how old you are, but I'm going to add to the mix. Around that same time, <laughs> I knew who Bo and Hope were well before I ever even started thinking about a soap opera website. I knew who Rachel and Mac were on Another World. I mean, these are all characters. I'm sure I knew who Luke and Laura were. I'm sure I knew who Erica Kane was long before I was even remotely interested in uh, soap operas. So it, but I, I can't tell you more than the fact that they were just the prominent uh, soap people on the soaps that people in my family watched. I don't really, I can't really tell you to me why they had such a lasting impact. You know, why Mac and Rachel, why not, uh, well, Felicia's there as well, but why not some of the other characters from Another World? Why do I know Bo and Hope and John and Marlena, but not necessarily really remember? And of course, uh, the Hortons. I mean, I, you, I know every one of the Hortons from, <laughs> from watching back then. But, you know, some of the other characters don't have that sort of place on a shelf in the recesses of my mind, uh, it's it's sort of interesting. I'm I'm curious why some characters have that, but that sort of plays in well to talking about some of these firings. Not all of the characters who were let go, or not uh, the actors who were let go, play roles that are sort of throwaway roles. You know, typically Days of Our Lives went through this house cleaning uh, a bunch of years ago. They said everybody was going. They even supposedly fired Francis Reed, and it turns out they were just pretend firings. Everybody was on an island, and they were whatever. Uh, you already know that. You know the whole story. Who couple, am I telling? <laughs> couple stress li- couple stress lines still from those days. That's all I'm saying. Like, just thank God I wasn't scooping then, because I, I don't know how I would have tried to spin that positively. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. let's, let's talk about it. We have Crystal Chappelle, who obviously is extremely well known i don't know to what extent guiding light fans followed her over to days of our lives but certainly there were people who had already knew her from her previous time on days of our lives who were excited that she was coming back you have louise sorrell who 
a lot of people know. I'm, I'm familiar with her work, not just from Days of Our Lives, but uh, she was also on All My Children as a judge, and so you know that. And who doesn't <clears throat> know Nadi Bjorland? I mean, outside of being beautiful, which, you know, she can try to hide yeah. it, do whatever she wants. I mean, <laughs> you're going to know her face. You're going to say, wow, who is that? Uh, you know, so those are three fairly – those are three extremely well-known performers. And you have Tamara Braun, who – She's well-known to daytime. Let's not make that argument. She's known from a whole bunch of other soaps. I don't necessarily know that people will, in the the annals of soap history, put, oh, wow, yes, she was Taylor uh, as the first entry. And then you have uh, Francisco San Martin and Bren Foster, who were let go. Bren Foster's back. We'll talk about that in a bit. But, you know, why these characters, Tony, are these characters who just – really don't seem to fit into the, the scheme of things, but because to me, at least three of them are major characters that could certainly have more story. Oh, for sure. And that's, you know, I'm still even like three weeks late, four weeks later, still trying to wrap my head around some of the firings. And it's just, for me, and I, I, did, I did kind of rant about this in a column, like, I love Louis Sorrell. Like, she's, like, Vivian was my gal. Like, on my top five <laughs> list of favorite days characters ever. She's, like, firmly on there. And she's just fun and silly. And just, I mean, but she's such a good actress that she pulls off anything crazy that she has to do. And so, for her to come back, with, you know, it's just, for me, as personally, which is, like, a thrill to be able to scoop for that, you know. And Larissa, like, God love her, even that week, even, like, switched columns with me so I could write for Vivian's return. So, <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, like, I have a very good, very, very good partner. So, um, so yeah, so it was, it was crazy. So, on a personal, very personal level, like, I'm just like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to see her go. But from a storyline aspect, just, you know, removing emotion, it just, it doesn't make sense because she's this usually powerful woman. She has oil fields all over the world and billions of dollars. She, she's pretty much ticked off everybody in Salem. And it's just like, you know, you, you can't always have Stefano being the bad guy. Right. And there was a point in Larissa's one column, just, they made Vivian too daffy. And, and I think that was part of the problem because it was just like she wasn't the sinister you know, even the buried, the buried alive thing the first time, that was, like, terrifying. That was just, you know, you just you didn't see that. You've never seen that before in right. daytime. So, you know, to go from that to, like, the second round of that, and they made it work because some of the actors just really shined in that storyline. And But it was still kind of like, okay, nudge, nudge, wink, 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 you know, there's a nod to the past. But it's just, I don't think they ever wrote her as powerful and as wicked witch-like as she could have been right from the gate. So... Mm-hmm. I think that was part of the problem with that, yeah. And like I said, you know, you had NBC sort of promoted Crystal Chappelle's return as one of the big saving graces and one of the big returns to classic days of our lives. Uh, she was in a, a bunch of story. She's in a bunch of story right now. And then you're going to say, okay, well, we're moving on to the next chapter. Is this to save money? Is this because the character just doesn't work? Uh, you know, or uh, what's the reason for it? It just seems it always is odd to soap fans, not just when they like a performer, but when a big name performer is let go. Yeah, and she's, I mean, like I, you said before, you know, uh, how many people uh, switch over from Guiding Light to Days because of her. And uh, I, like, I mean, of course, I don't know that answer, but I have, like, a personal friend who she watched Days throughout the years and just her job kind of prevents her from, you know, keeping track of anything right now, even her sanity at some times. But she loved Crystal Chappelle, like, from her first and on Days. She watched Guiding Light because of her. And then when she came back to Days, she's like, okay, I'm TV, I'm BBRing it. I'll watch her parts. 
so it's like I know that, you know, she definitely has loyal fans out there. And, you know, my friend even, she was just like, yeah, like, you know, I'm always on the message board and, like, Crystal, they talk about Crystal, you know. <laughs> it's like this, you know, Kirk Cameron the 80s type thing now or something like that where they're just, you know, talking about Starstruck over Crystal Chappelle. So she does have her base. So I, it's, 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 it's puzzling to me because it's just there's so much more her character could do and it doesn't have to center around Bo and Hope at all. Like, it's just, you know, her daughter is like, you know, Melanie is for all extensive purposes, like the young ingenue of the show right now, you know, she's there, you know, Daniel's there, right. Vivian is there. So it's, it doesn't quite make sense to me. And it even like, and I, and I know that like, the girls and I talked about this a couple of times before, but like she, Crystal has such a great like chemistry with so many different actors that like throw her in a cougar storyline with EJ or something to that effect, or, you know, bring Philip back. Like that would destroy Victor. It's, I just don't think sometimes they're thinking of like, some twists and turns that like fans would actually like. Okay, I can get behind that for a while. Well, they were talking about twists and turns. I think that the the big surprise was earlier this year. There was a big casting coup. Natalia Livingston, Emmy winner, was brought on to play the role of Taylor. And then before I think she even had her first air date, the show announced that Tamara Braun, who was also an Emmy winner, but she was an Emmy winner from Days of Our Lives, playing Ava. They brought her on, so you had this big news. The question that I'm going to ask you, and it really sort of requires you to use a crystal ball or something, do you think if the show had stayed with Natalia Livingston and just not bothered to recast the role of Taylor, do you think that the character would still be exiting the show? Uh, Do you think that there would maybe be some different story? Or do you think the character would have been written out a long time ago because it just didn't work? You know, I I, I, it, 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 I think that it would have been gone, she would have been gone by now either way, or, or have been going. It's just I don't. There's something, and I this is with all due respect to the fans who actually enjoyed like you know the storyline, but just like so many people, it was just like such a huge backlash, and it was just so like we talked about romance, which I sound like a hypocrite now. What's more, you know, there's nothing more romantic than walking along a moonlight pier and like glancing at somebody and being like, okay, love at first sight, but. It, it came across as so cheesy that I had, like, digestive problems for a week. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was so bad. Like, I don't know if you saw it or not, but, like, like we always make fun of, like, it was a scarf. Like, I think, like, she dropped his scarf, or she was cold, and he gave her his scarf. And, like, she, for the next, like, month, she was, like, looking longingly at his scarf. And it's, like, it was just way too much to show it. And, and even on a practical one, to remove the cheese factor, it was just like, okay, this girl had done nothing but hear horrible things about this guy who, you know, is a mobster from the Demera family who's married her sister. Like, Nicole has said nothing. And, like, you know, Nick Taylor even said, oh, you know, you, you can't believe you're marrying him. This is stupid. And then for her to be like, oh, okay, he's not that bad. He gave me a scarf. It's just like, okay, really? It must have so, been a really expensive scarf. I'm telling you, I haven't felt that way over mittens before, but never a scarf. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even going to ask, but let's also move on to something else. We have Chloe and Quinn tied together in story, so it wasn't really a surprise when Nadia Bjorlin was let go, or her contract wasn't renewed, that Bren Foster would be out. You figure, okay, these characters are linked together, they're going to exit together. Well, shortly thereafter, yeah. we got words that Bren Foster is going to be returning i guess he was let go and now brought back so quinn's sticking around but chloe's not so what is going on why would quinn get preference and how are they going to keep him around if his leading lady is gone 
you know, that's a very, a very good question because it's it's Gaze is becoming very like one of the things about Chloe. I guess to backtrack to make my point is that she was an unrelated girl in town. Like she could pretty much date whoever. And it wasn't like, wait, are you my third cousin twice removed? Okay, no, we're good. So it's like for her, like her and Nicole are pretty much going to be it for a while, you know, and, and well, Melanie to some degree. So you know, it's interesting because they're really removing those like you know romantic interests for him. And then they're really not bringing anybody back who's not, you know, like, I mean, I don't think for some reason, like, Quinn will go up with Marlena. So, you know, I'm not really sure who he's going to be, who's going to be around to, you know, act as a romantic foil for him. But the only thing is the storyline I could think of is just, you know, A, his connection to Vivian, and Vivian is John's, like, you know, step-aunt, so adoptive aunt. So maybe Quinn and John will somehow have a storyline, which would be great just to see some, you know, an old face with a new face, but... It'll be interesting to see. Like, I like the, the character's interesting so far. It's not on the top ten list of, like, oh, best of characters ever, but he's holding his own. And I, his, his, his chemistry with Louis Sorrell is great. Like, they're fun to watch, you know, mother and son, so. Well, you're talking about yeah. things that are fun to watch. I have to ask another question that, as someone who really follows what's going on on all the soaps, it was something that doesn't quite make sense to me, so hopefully you can explain it. When... Dina Higley first started coming on and really writing some Days stuff. The show's ratings spiked. It was Days of Our Lives was number two behind The Young and the Restless, it seemed, for a period of time there. And then you have the same person writing the same stories, and now Days of Our Lives is at some of its lowest ratings ever, and people are saying, oh, it's going to be the next show to be canceled. So... How do you go from high to low? What is the difference between the start of her writing tenure to these last couple of weeks of material that was so stark in contrast? It's really hard to tell because, you know, everybody has a preference. You know, some people love, like, when Jim Riley was on the show writing, you know, some people hated it. So it's kind of, you know, I think right there from the bat, it's like you're always going to have somebody that loves something and hates something. And But I think for a lot of fans, it was like, okay, she was she was something new, and it was right out of the gates, and it was exciting, let's watch it. And I think the storylines at the time were just, like, started, they had so much momentum going for them. And then it just somewhere, like, the last, you know, six months or so, it just kind of started stalling. And just, you know, the, the two race thing was kind of, you know, I think Galen's performance was really good. Like, I mean, I don't agree with the character, what the character did, but he was entertaining to watch because you could tell he was, you know, just having a good time with it. But from a storyline aspect, it just, things kind of just seemed to fall apart and the pacing was just horrible. We joke now that, like, Will and Gabby are two 18-year-olds who basically sit around and talk about, you know, her brother and, and Will's mother, like, in their relationship. Every scene, I don't think I remember a scene uh, until, like, their prom, quote-unquote, when they didn't talk about those two. It's just kind of like, okay, you're wasting a lot of, you know, Justin and Adrian got married off screen. So it's a lot of chances to make fans happy and tie characters together. It just seems like they just, they bypass it and they brush burn it, but they don't, you know, latch on and say, wow, this would have been a good decision. Well, that makes me have to ask you, do you think that making these changes that have been made, do you think that this is an attempt to, wrap up all of the stories. All My Children brought Lorraine Broderick back. Uh, Agnes Nixon's contributing their end to One Life to Live to sort of bring all of these years of history into a nice, neat, tidy package. Do you have any concerns that that's what's going on at Days of Our Lives, that in a couple of months or however long we'll be talking about the fact that Days of Our Lives is going off the air? God, that's such, it's, 
I'm kind of in denial about that ever happening, so maybe I'm not the best person to ask about that. But, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a cruel fact of life right now, especially in the soap world, that your soap can go, you know, at the drop of a hat. I mean, that's, you know, my God, you know better than anyway. It's like your heart goes to a show for how many years, and then, okay, that's it. You know, it's just they don't think about you. They think about these little numbers on a, on a rating scale. And it's like a cruel uh, truth that that's, you know, the bottom line at the end of the day. But, you know, I don't feel... Like, I, and maybe this is blind optimism. I don't feel that Days is gearing up for the end right now. I think that they're just kind of like, let's see what works. Like, I just, and, and I don't believe everything that everybody says, you know, <laughs> Corday, um, in his interviews, but I think he's trying. I mean, just, you know, that's his family's creation. Nobody wants to see that go down. Of course. So, I mean, I think that he gives very political answers, which he has to, and that's what I would not want to be in that position. Um, but, you know, I think, I mean, I think they're trying. I think, you know, the actors are trying. I think that everybody's kind of trying their hardest and, you know, maybe, you know, some of the writing was suspect and maybe it's better, you know, for the better of the show right now. Let's switch gears, see if this works better. If not, you know, let's try something else and kind of keep swinging until it's over. Well, that gives me the great opportunity to ask you, for folks who have not yet checked out your Two Scoops column, they can go to SoapCentral.com, navigate to the Days of Our Lives section, click on Commentary, or look for all of the links that say Two Scoops. So they may not be familiar with this, so let's give them an opportunity to hear it from your mouth. What does Days of Our Lives need to do in the future to make this show really just sort of jump out at people and get people excited again? What are some of the things that you want to see from the show? God, I, I definitely want to see the pace. I want to see the pace improve. Like, I want to I want to watch a day and then not watch a day and then be like, oh, wait, you know, pick up the third day and be like, wait a minute, I missed something, let me go back to that. You know, I think daytime does have to keep a certain pace because I think you definitely alienate fans if you go too fast. But like I said, like that whole conversation with Gabby and Will, it's like, yeah, it's like I can pretty much know what they're going to talk about when they come on, and they just need to pick up their pace, I think, is the first thing. I, they need to get back to, like, be truer to the characters, I would say. A lot of characters doing crazy stuff that they would have never have done before. And, you know, like Hope and the Sleeping Pills, I mean, that whole storyline was kind of, you know, you know right. Christian was shock shine, but it was suspect. And so it's like, you know, they need to bring it back to be like, okay, Hope is a Horton. Like, my favorite scenes of Hope lately have been, like, it sounds the whole brownie troop thing when she was endangering kids' lives. But <laughs> basically, like, when she's hanging out with Jennifer and those two are kind of just having cousin bonding time. And it's like, that, that, that to me is like, that brings you back to that place where it's like, wow, there's the Horton cousins. You know, this is, this is the show I fell in love with. Like, now let's, you know, see where Bo is on his motorcycle and, you know, see what Tierra is doing and, you know, see what John and Marlene have been up to and the international mystery that will, you know, bring Cumhall back to Salem with them. So I think, you know, just, they need to definitely bring everybody together a little bit more and just kind of put people back in their places. This just in, Larissa is now over Kentucky in the blimp. Oh, fantastic. No I also have breaking... Go ahead. Oh, no, I have other breaking news. They actually fired the lunch lady at the day's cafeteria, and she's being replaced. So there's another one now. I'm sorry to break that. I can top that. I'm replacing her because I need to do something once all my children goes off the air in September. So <laughs> and there you go. I was going to hold off and, and reveal it later, but you scooped me, so I have to at least release a statement now. Well, you're always welcome in Salem, and we, we can give you tutorials and everything. I, as I mentioned earlier in the show, this is something that I'm already familiar with. I already know the characters. I already know 
uh, even the characters I don't know, I know some of the actors and actresses from other shows. So it certainly is something that I do watch Days of Our Lives. I do keep up. I do enjoy it. It has a very special place since, oh gosh, since my Nana is apparently got the hots for people on the show. But that aside, it still has a special place in my heart. If you go in thinking everybody was a former prostitute at one point, you're kind of halfway there already. So, Well, it's that's a great way for me to segue. You talk about prostitution. We need to make a little bit of money, so we're going to take a quick break here. But we'll return with more of Soap Central Live in just a couple of minutes. Thanks, Tony, for dropping by. Thanks, Dan. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, Check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Why is talk of sex so taboo? We're always so worried about what others may think of us, and not talking about sex can actually affect our relationships negatively. Learn how to discuss sexual topics openly when you join licensed marriage and family therapist Moshumi Ghosh for Mo Knows Sex and Love. This will be an open forum where you can talk about all kinds of matters with relation to sex and love. Put the shame of past worries and thoughts behind you and tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and we are continuing our tribute to makeup this week. Of course, not the cosmetics kind, but making up by getting folks who've supposed to have been on Soap Central Live in the past, but couldn't make it here for one reason or another. We're getting everybody into one episode, and by doing that, we're going to make up for not discussing some of the big news stories of the day here on the show, because of course, you know, we have interviews and the Emmys to talk about. So... For your listening enjoyment, we are going to now try to fit in 20 minutes 
discussion about every single soap that's on the air, possibly some soaps that have been off the air, with someone who is known for talking about the soaps and can probably out-talk me on any issue of the soaps. She is a syndicated columnist. She is a contributor to SoapCentral.com. She is the one and only, as far as I know, Linda Hirsch. Linda, welcome back to Soap Central Live. No, I'm sure if my life were being scripted by uh, the Bells, I'd have a doppelganger, but we're not going to have one of those. And I can talk about anything at all times, ask anybody who knows me. Uh, but we're talking about soaps tonight. So. We're talking about soaps, and you know, so much has happened since you've last been on the show. There have been cancellations, there have been firings, there have been hirings, there has been gossip. There's just all sorts of craziness. So you know what we're going to do that might be easiest? We're going to go alphabetically through the soaps. We're going to talk a little bit about them. We're going to try to squeeze everything in here and uh, and really have one of our infamous discussions that usually last three hours, but we're going to push oh, it into 20 minutes. I know. Well, yeah, really, people don't get this. Like, <laughs> Dan's afraid to call me because he knows it's going to be three hours. Because <laughs> we don't get to talk to each other. You know, we're working, so. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with a three-hour discussion. It's great, but unfortunately the show is only an hour and there's commercials, so we have to squeeze. So let's start with okay. All My Children. All My Children, of course, since you were last here. It's going to be going off the air. It's going to be off the air in about three months from now. So that's horrible. What? It is. And I want to tell you what's even more bizarre, okay? This, they're shutting down for three months in July. And during that time, they're not getting interviews with anybody else. Of course, they never got interviews for you before, so it really doesn't matter. Right. But um, that's, it's just tragic. They, they kind of helped kill that show. You know, all my children, when they were dovetailing with One Life to Live, 45 minutes, 45 minutes, it was an amazing hit. As the world turns, it's been number one for 20 years. And along came the show, and it just killed CBS. But I remember an ABC publicist who hasn't been with them for a long time said, the worst day of my life is when all my children and one life to live in general hospital became popular because now I have to bother with uh, reporters asking you for interviews. <laughs> oh my oh god! Oh my god! Like your job? Wow. Like your job to do? I'm so sorry. Um, I think that all my children really. I mean, I hate to blame it like his typhoid Mary, but I think Megan McTavish did that show in. Really? Yes. Because which she, time? Oh, which every time? That's where they fire her. Every time. And then she'd come back and do something even stupider. And they, I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever I've been fired for a job, I'm not waiting for them to call me back to rehire me. And well, she, she yeah. knew. And, and I think, and then they hired the two show killers. I'm sorry for Donna and, 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 and Jeffrey, but that's what they do. They kill shows as it will turn, guiding light, another world, all my children. So I have What's to your resume? Ask I kill you, folks. But, well, I, but I'm, I want to ask you, though, do you think that that's why they were brought on? Do you think that they were really brought on to kill off all my children? Well, I, I have to tell you, I don't know if it was purposeful, but it's sort of like this. If you went in, let's say you were a clerk in a department store, and every department store you worked for and the department you worked in lost money and was closed down while you were there. Do you think you would get another job? I'll leave yourself out the writer. 
Yeah. And I've never seen anything like it. And I, you know, plus, soaps are great until ABC buys them. ABC it buys the show and kills it eventually. Really does. Well, let's move on to a soap. Quickly, we'll, we'll uh, of course, backtrack and whatnot, but let's move on to The Bold and the Beautiful. This is a soap that, again, for the seventh year in a row or so, is the most popular soap in the world. It's now won three daytime Emmys in a row for Outstanding Drama Series, yet the the fans of the show seem to be more vocal than ever about the fact that the show isn't really as good as maybe outsiders think it is well, because right. it's winning. I- one of the reasons, being 22 minutes, it's, it's, people invest less time, okay? They, they really do. How they win those Emmys is they, they, they do shows that they know will help them win. You know, the, the storyline with Stephanie and all the cancer survivors, how could, you, how could you beat that? You know, General Hospital shooting another criminal? I mean, you know, what, what do they have to, to put there? The problem with, with, with Bold and Beautiful, and I think this is why everybody is frustrated, it's like a Daniel Steele novel. At the end of the day, you go, why did I watch this? It's the same story. <laughs> and it's been the same story for 30 years. Well, you obviously you watched to see Valerie Harper and, and, and Valerie Bertinelli and possibly Nancy McKeon. <laughs> That's ex- exactly. And, and it's just the same. I mean, okay, Brooke marries Ridge. Ridge wants to be the tailor. This and then Stephanie loves Brooke, then she hates Brooke. Uh, there's a big surprise coming up on Bold and Beautiful, though. What I don't, I mean, I, <laughs> I once had interviewed Donna Cook, and this is one of his choosing between Donna and Stephanie. And I said, and the choice is he goes, there is no choice. And he wasn't choosing Stephanie, trust me. Um, uh, I don't like it. it's the same storyline all the time. Don't you agree, or, or am I being? Or, or they bring on characters that they cram down your throat. Well, the and, thing that, that bothers me that you mentioned, you said that you think that they write these uh, certain episodes that are specifically tailored, no pun intended, to <laughs> Emmys. Which, you know, watching it, I have to agree because the the shows that the Bold and the Beautiful has won for in in the past two years are not necessarily indicative of their storytelling as a whole, which isn't a good thing or isn't necessarily a bad thing in my head. There's nothing wrong with being campy. Uh, you know, Passions was campy to a totally different degree. Uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to do these these episodes that are really good and really powerful and really dramatic, I'd just like to see you do it for more than two or three episodes in a year. I'd like to see you... Do it four times a year, so that you have four episodes to pick well, for. And I absolutely agree. I think that that's the point. If you have writers that can craft shows that are that good, and of course they really weren't scripted. I, I, they were scripted a little bit, obviously. But I, I, let them do other things. And, and I think what bothers them is they bring on Sarah Joy Brown, they bring on Rick Hurst, they do this continually. They bring on impressive actors. And then they don't, don't use, use them. them, and then they, they, they put them on reoccurring, which is pretty much like uh, self-purgatory. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, you're talking about letting go of big-name actors. Days of Our Lives is just 
let go of a whole bunch of people. Now, well, we, yes. We've talked yes. about this uh, in the last segment. I don't know if you were, were listening, but uh, the two-scoop columnist, Tony, and I were mentioning, you know, you have big names like Crystal Chappelle and Louise Sorrell and Nadia Bjorlin and Tamara Braun. These are household names, but for one reason or another, the show decided that they needed to go. Well, I think a couple of things happened with that. I think Ken Cordain, everybody's always busting his chops. It's not his fault that he inherited the family business. People do that all the time. When Roy Kroc died from McDonald's, his wife took over. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, And I think in many ways he's done some very good things and some very foolish things because he doesn't rein in his writers when he should. He, He waits too long. I think he realized that the wholesale getting rid of characters like Marlena and John and uh, Jack was stupid to bring in people. I'm sorry. I don't care about these people. There was a reason that they got rid of uh, Crystal's character 12 years ago. Uh, Because she was so unlikable. You know, even a villain has to have some trait that you like. Absolutely. And Carly really, really didn't. Carly's a very self-serving person. That character reminds me of some woman who goes on The Bachelorette. <laughs> so it could be all about her. Okay. And, and, you know, that's what the character is to me. And I, 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 I think it didn't work out. Now, whether they got rid of the big talent, because I'm sure they weren't paying them as much as they were you know, paying the others. I also think... There's nothing like being off a couple of years from your livelihood so that when they call you back, you can pay them a little less. That's very true. So, you know, I am sure that Drake and, you know, and Deidre and, and, and Matt Ashford, they are not making what they were making. But you know what? Anybody it gets hungry. Is. And it well. gets cold. Yeah, and even less. And, you know, they'll never talk about it. They'll never say it. I feel bad for Gary Tomlin. I think he got caught in a buzzsaw, and I don't think it was Gary's fault. I, I really don't. No, because, uh, you know, he was so good at One Life to Live, which we're going to talk about One Life to yes. Live in a moment. We have to get to General Hospital first. But, right. I mean, I think Gary Tomlin is somebody who, who knows his craft, and it is sort of weird to see him get caught up in all of this. I don't really know. It is, and, and I feel bad, but, you know, um, he, he was he, it's an actor, so he knows how to work with actors. Not was once an actor, always an actor. You know, it's always there. Um, and I, and I, I'm sad that he got savaged. And the thing that's sad for him now is, there's how many outlets are for them to go to? What's he going to be? Forcing director, producer at uh, uh, Young and Restless. And trust me, Maria ain't giving up her job. Although sometimes I think she should. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Well, yeah. the people who aren't going to give up their job, obviously Katie Couric is not going to give up her new talk show on coming up on ABC in September 2012. And I think everybody knows that ABC has given the General Hospital time slot, the time slot that's been General Hospitals for years, to Katie Couric, which now means General Hospital doesn't have a home. Well, I think what's going to happen... First of all, 2012 is a long way off. And I have to tell you, as you well know, being an, you know, an entertainment person as well, there are movie plans. Spielberg and Tom Hanks have made many movie plans that never get made. 
if the two and the revolution don't do it, and they won't do it, they really will not, uh, then they're not going to do that. I also think that they're making a mistake with Katie Kirk. I think that she, she was given a whole different image. The reason they're waiting a year is she can work now. I don't think they she can. I think she, yeah. the terms of her contract, I don't think she's allowed to work until 2012. No, she is. She is. Here's the thing. That they can, nobody, that's not enforceable. No one can make you give up your livelihood. Also, it would have to be her going to a new show at the same time slot. So that, that, that non-complete clause is, A, it's illegal, I know, because I've done a lot of on-air TV work, and I've had non-competes. But when it was time to leave and somebody else wanted me, you could get, I'm not being cavalier about it. They, they can't stop you unless it's up against them in the same, same time slot. I think they want people to forget Katie from CBS because she came up very distant and very hard. Well, here's the thing. People want. have forgotten Katie Couric since she did the Today Show. So. Well, exactly. So now they want to relive that. She's going to do all these bubbly interviews, and I can just see it now. Well, if General, if yeah. General Hospital is canceled, and I hope to God it's not, um, but every time they bring in a new writer for herself, that gets canceled. Yeah, really. But I think what they're, I'm hoping, please, they have a year to sort things out. That's one. Two, I think Garen Wolf, and now that Ron is going there, I think the, the bottom line is they're going to write some wonderful character-driven storylines. July 26th is the first episode seeing the new stuff. Whatever you see in the next month, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. It, because, it doesn't, because they're going to change everything. You know, Lou Sam fans don't uh, don't get crazy because it doesn't mean Jason and Sam are getting together. Jason and Sam fans don't get crazy. Uh, no, Ingo's not coming back. I mean, there are certain things that are not going to be changed on that. But you're going to see the Quartermains be front and center, which is a very integral part of that show. Mm-hmm. You're going to see. Yes, Sonny's still going to be mobbed up. But it's not going to be every character that comes to town. He's a mobster. I mean, Lulu goes to a brothel, and then she's got... I mean, everybody they bring on is so distasteful. And now Spinelli, acting with her hands, Spinelli act, please, fun for the actor, but not fun for the audience. Right. Well, we're talking about fun... I'm not entirely entirely sure how to spin this, but a lot of people have been having fun watching One Life to Live, particularly the fans who were annoyed that the show has been canceled, and now they're finding out that it, uh, some weeks, is second only to the Young and the Restless in the ratings. So I know, and I've got to tell you, whether it was Brian Franz or Ann Sweeney, we'll never know. You know, it's one of those mysteries that when I get to heaven, I'll ask God. If I get there, okay. who was it, Franz or Sweeney? Who did this? Can you tell me? That's all I want to know. I won't even ask about JFK or Marilyn Monroe. I just want to know about these two. But I think that ABC's got to be thinking, oh, my God. But the interesting thing is several places have asked to take over One Life to Live and All My Children. 
and ABC won't sell them the rights to the show. But why? A couple of reasons. What if they go up against them in the time slot? What if they're a hit? Well, they're already hits. I mean, that's the thing. The, the but, a, are... but, but a bigger hit. But, and I'm writing a column on this in my syndicated column, okay? I have a plan. They'll be running this week so nobody can steal this. Anyway, <laughs> what if they took the care, the actors, gave them different names, used the storylines, and called it a different name? All my life and one children to live? No, a new life. <laughs> okay. A new life. What they do is they show them, they use the one, one studio. They don't need two studios. They take one show for two days, the other show for two days, and then maybe a combination on the fifth day. That would save them money. Right. It would save them production values. The sets are freestanding now anyway. They're using less technical people. The actors are getting less guaranteed because they're working less. McDonald Terry, bless his heart, told me a wonderful story. When he was on a radio... There was a, a characters in a certain town. Let's just call Hopeville, okay? Well, the writers decided that the characters and the town of Hopeville were just they were wasn't working anymore. So the writer and the producer got all the characters from Hopeville on a bus to go on a picnic. The bus careens over a guardrail. Everybody is killed, and now the soap is taking place in the town where the bus careened into. Same actors, different names of characters, different show. We have to move along, unfortunately, because right. we're going to run over. But I want to – why wouldn't ABC sell? I, I get the, the competition, what have you. But if they license this out, ABC doesn't have to do anything. It will be someone else's production, and ABC, will, Disney, will still make money off of somebody else doing the thing. So if they, this is all about money, they can ABC can do nothing and make money from All My Children, One Life to Live. Right, but for money that seems like a fortune to us is chump change to them. And what they always want to do is protect their reputation. That's it. Uh, and I think it's a shame. Because I knew people had to be trying to buy those shows. There would be no way that they weren't. I still think Oprah's making a big mistake. They probably couldn't have said no to Oprah, okay? Do you think that maybe ABC is waiting and holding out to see if someone will make a better offer, if they really want them, that they'll offer even more money? Or do you really think there's just they, no they way in maybe, hell? They may be doing that, but they, you know, you know maybe... All my children want like to live has to take a hiatus for a few months. That's okay. Shows do that all the time. It shows do that all the time. They may be waiting for a better offer. Um, it's very interesting that none of the actors are talking, except for Robin, of course, because Strasser always talks. But everybody else, it's like they've been muzzled, even people who normally talk. There may be something in the works, but I, I, I hope there is. Because I think they're salvageable. I, 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 it isn't like Walters and Guiding Light, which really had ratings problems. These shows are okay, especially One Life. So, so I, I don't get it. A show that is fine relatively yeah. compared in the ratings is The Young and the Restless. It's been number one since 
gosh, the dawn of time. It's 20-some right. years now. But there are still some folks who are critical of the young and the restless. Uh, Maria Bell picked up her first uh, award for writing. She picked up uh, – I think the Young and the Restless also picked up an award for directing. It didn't right. win – any acting, it didn't win Best Drama Series, but it's still number one. So, what, I is think it good one or of not? the things is it's a, a great time slot. That's not all there is to it, but it, it is a great time slot. They also they know how to put characters in front and then reel them back and then bring them back again. There are days when Young and Restless is amazing, and there are days that if I believed in owning a firearm, I would shoot my TV screen watching that show because they they just mess around with their minds they, I, I, Victor is not going to be rehabilitated again why? because he's nice to Sharon give me a break, this guy to me I know a lot of people love him I just think he's like one of the most irritating characters in the world That that's just me so I mean I, I don't watch for that I certainly why don't they call her Sharon Seely Posturepedic Newman. <laughs> wow. She's just walking around with a mattress on her back. And it starts again. I, I mean, give it a rest. And, you know, and, and, and Nick is the male equivalent of Sharon. Could anybody have, oh, my God, 20 minutes, I haven't had sex. Oh, my God, I better find somebody. Uh, and the Adam storyline with Sharon. He stole her baby. What in the world? <laughs> well, you know, the problem with this now is now that you've mentioned 20 minutes, we've been talking for 20 minutes, and now Sharon <laughs> is whispering. She just sent me a, an email. It says, you know, Dan, it's been 20 minutes. You haven't had sex. Make make peace with your inner Sharon. So. <laughs> it must be my inner Sharon. <laughs> so what we need to do is we're going to quick wrap up everything because we really are out of time for this week's show. But uh, in in general, just a, a summation of everything going on in daytime. You have about 45 seconds, so have okay. at it. It's going to be – everything's going to be mixed up. They're going to find ways to make these shows work. It's not by canceling them. And they are going to see that these replacements aren't really working. And when they see they're not working – Plus, game shows have been very popular, then game shows disappeared for soaps. Now game shows are back again. It's very cyclical. Well, I'm hoping that they make this decision and, and learn this before it's too late, before we lose some of these shows forever. But what and I can... our jobs. Absolutely. Said. Well, hey, <laughs> thankfully... Thing, what about me? <laughs> what about me? But <laughs> thankfully... I will still be here next week. Linda, you won't, but we're going to have you on no, the no, show. No, no, not because I'm dead or I'm not writing my column. Please. <laughs> no, just because. I'm, I'm gonna, alive and I'm writing my column. We're going to have some other stuff to talk about next week. But uh, I want to thank you for being part of today's show. Thanks for having me. And for everybody out there, as I mentioned, I will be back next week. If you miss me between now and then, you can go to SoapCentral.com slash radio and you can listen to any one of the 70-some shows of SoapCentral Live that have been on the air since January of 2010. You can download them. You can stream them. It's totally free to do. But in the meantime, you can tune to SoapCentral.com and get all of your latest soap news and recaps and scoops and all that other great information. But make an appointment to be here next Friday for another edition of Soap Central Live.
Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.